bringing on a student intern is going to be more than just relieving your to-do list. The mission of a university is to educate and to transform. It's not to just like get a whole bunch of deliverables from them. So to be invested in who they are as a person as well as what they're actually creating for you. If you're gonna hire a student, make it an impactful role. And again, not just for busy work, but to be invested in a holistic approach. And I think everyone's gonna benefit if you can approach it that way. Hey, welcome to the Higher Ed Storytelling University podcast here on the B Podcast Network. This is a show dedicated to helping higher ed marketers tell better stories, create better content, and enroll more students. My name's John Azoni. I'm the founder at Unveiled, and we're a video production company working specifically with college marketing teams to make it easy for them to scale up and even automate their student and alumni success stories through our subscription approach. And you can learn more about that at unveiled.tv, and that's U-N-V-E-I. LD.TV. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, go ahead and subscribe. We'd love to have you. And if you're wanting your college and university's content to resonate on a deeper emotional level with prospective students, with alumni, with parents, whatever, I want you to subscribe to my free newsletter. Every week I send out tips and insights on creating more emotionally resonant content, including examples and best practices from other institutions, articles and blog posts, that week's podcast episode, and much more. So head over to unveiled.tv slash newsletter and sign up. All right, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Dr. Josie Alquist. Uh, Josie is a renowned expert in digital leadership, guiding educational leaders, organizations, and students through speaking, coaching, and consulting. Her practical and uh, evidence-based frameworks empower clients to create tailored digital engagement strategies among many other things uh, in 2023. Uh, Josie was selected as a NASPA pillar of the profession, one of the highest honors for the field of student affairs. Josie is a three-time LinkedIn top voice in education, has been recognized by EdTech Magazine as one of the top 50 must-read higher education technology blogs for five years. Her podcast, Josie and the Podcast, has been featured by the Chronicle of Higher Education and Inside Higher Ed, Her new book, Digital Leadership and Higher Education, Purposeful Social Media in a Connected World, was listed as an Amazon number one new release for college and university student life. So, Josie, thank you for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I I did listen to your your podcast today, and it's it's very good. I I will say your personality comes across like so bubbly and just engaging. I was like, this is very fun to listen to. (laughs) Oh, that means a lot. It has been an evolution, not only just in the podcasting industry, which you're familiar with, but well, you must not have caught the one where I like broke down and cried. (laughs) You really haven't podcasted until like you really show all of your emotions. But yeah, I, uh, I'm really enjoying it and it'll be coming back soon. One of the things I listened to the uh, influencer marketing episode uh, this this morning as I was putting together my daughter's <laughs> birthday present, <laughs> uh, <laughs> her birthday parties tomorrow. That's my major contribution to the birthdays is like putting stuff together. So <laughs> I feel like, you know. Yeah, it takes a team. <laughs> I, I am horrible at wrapping gifts. I don't know if that was involved, but. Um, no, just yeah. <laughs> just screwing stuff, just reading directions. Screwing oh, oh, together. the actual. Like, oh gosh, no, that would 
<laughs> that that takes patience, yeah. Yeah. Before we get more into the topic here, tell us something that people would be surprised to know about you. So I have a lot of secrets. I have a lot of surprises. I thought, though, and I don't usually like just throw around this one because it feels, I don't know. But you, you are in video production. And so I thought you would appreciate this is I have been in a YouTube video that has been viewed millions and millions of times. I wow. shot it the day after I defended my dissertation in 2015. My husband is the co-creator of Epic Rap Battles of History. And so I was in one of their videos very briefly. And so... Yeah, that's my fun fact. Epic rap battles of history. I'm going to look this up right now. What is that? Uh, They're that cool entail? with your nephews and uncles and and all all kinds of people enjoy them. But yeah, they're a good time. Wow. Uh, and education. 14.9 million subscribers. Wow. Yeah, they've been at so, it for a while. So is that is that like a major source of revenue, like income for you guys? Yeah, he uh, that that's what he does now. He also owns an improv, well, not just improv, but a comedy club. That's where he was working at the time when the videos blew up. So wow, that's cool. In the profile picture <laughs> of the episode, there's a guy with ye yellow sunglasses and then a guy with like a newsboy hat. Which one is your husband? Probably the newsboy. He doesn't. Pete's probably always in the glasses. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. So today we're talking about uh, involving uh, students in the content creation process, uh, which I think is a really great topic. I'm excited to learn more about. I know that's kind of like a hot topic for a lot of listeners to this podcast. So introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, and then we'll kind of cruise into that stuff. Absolutely. So... As you kind of shared in my intro, I come from the world originally of student affairs. I fell in love with college the second I stepped foot onto college and found out I could do it as a job. And around that time is when social media started to arrive on our campuses with MySpace and the Facebook and YouTube. And it was always a student that would come running into my office to say, Josie, have you heard of this? Or like, are you on this? And that still happens today, right? But probably like even more platforms or it's like a meme or a, or a YouTube video. And while I didn't start out in marketing, it was my own natural, you know, just curiosity about social media that lent itself as I progressed in my career to always look to integrate it. So I was in student activities and we were putting on over three events a week. So we were marketing any way possible. And so I just knew immediately like, well, we're going to use Facebook. <laughs> like this is, but I didn't know at the time that like, I won't say the institution, they like put a moratorium, like no Facebook accounts on campus. And I just did it anyway. And so my joke is like, I almost got fired over Facebook, not because like I posted <laughs> like a wild and crazy post, but, but what was also so unnerving to my leadership was I, I immediately gave the keys over to students because we were trying to connect with students and it wasn't just like giving them the passwords. Like I trained them just like I would any other student that would do other things. For example, the student union and created really 
kind of specific positions that became very sought after because when you see like a marketing manager role, then all these comm majors come out of nowhere or like graphic design or a street team. And so again, this was like over 10 years ago when I was based on a campus. Um, so fast forward today, I continue to just be completely fascinated. I don't work with students in like a day in, day out capacity. It's something I extremely miss and why I've done some recent work within that. But I also know very firsthand, like working with students also isn't perfect. <laughs> so oh, I wouldn't not. be surprised if listeners, <laughs> yeah, if listeners are like, yeah, I've tried this, Josie. And so we can talk through that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really cool. Uh, okay. So getting back to the uh, the student content creator, why, why is this kind of a, an important topic to you? And you told me kind of how you got into it. Why, why has this become a, an important topic to you? And I know you do a lot of teaching and stuff around this as well. Oh, gosh. I feel like this one's got layers because specifically related to social media and technology, honestly, it's almost always a reverse mentorship or influencer role. Like, we're probably not going to be the ones to discover like what's trending or what tools are being used. I even joke when I get up, you know, in front of even presidents, I'm like, do any of you have like seventh graders in your house? I was like, I want to talk to them because <laughs> they're going to, they will know not only trends that I will probably not be able to pull off with a tire, but yeah, they are setting innovation and so it's it's kind of reverse in some other ways that like we we need to respond to and at least know about the other piece is and this is from my own story is college was such a pivotal developmental time for me that i feel like again it was just so very impactful that i can see myself and or i know uh, even like developmentally, what the students are going through, like in their minds, bodies, hearts, spirits. And so uh, especially when I worked with college students a lot, I could kind of almost like move them through these moments and transitions along with teaching them specific skill sets. So that, and that's what I love to do. It wasn't just, you know, like teaching them a course or like I could meet them where they were. And because they were so excited, for example, like putting on events or like running marketing and doing graphic design, it, we could find that intersection. And now, you know, like I have some students that have graduated I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been a long time that they are much further in their careers and I can just see their path. Like that is so, honestly, that's the thing I miss that I don't have, you know, more of those students now since I'm, again, not at a campus, but they're working at places like TikTok and Hulu and working for Beyonce and, and doing marketing like that. All of these positions that's what I think I really want people to take away from is that these need to be developmental moments. These can be real skill sets that your students yes. can go into. And they're not all going to, they, but also to teach them how they can be transferable because that's the warm and fuzzy stuff that sometimes you may not get as often that I think can be such a benefit in marketing and social media that we may not give as much credit to. We might only focus on, well, I need these deliverables from them, that you're actually part of maybe a bigger process in their life. And again, I I just feel like that can be so transformative. I love the idea that 
like the new career path. It's like, you know, back when I was growing up, like I wanted to be a school bus driver. Uh, there's a home video of me and my sister, my dad interviewing us both about what we wanted to do. And I got really excited about being a school bus driver. And I ran and asked my mom if she would ride on my school bus <laughs> when I was a school bus driver. Uh, That's amazing. But, you know, doctor, firefighter, those kind of things. But now it's like, this is a legitimate career path content creation. for, And I see this in my kids, my oldest, especially Ellie, she's eight, is very, she's super into fashion. She's very good at it. Like she'll come downstairs. I'm like, you thought of that outfit? Like that is amazing. <laughs> and like, I think she gets it from, you know, in part from these YouTubers and stuff like that. Now I don't let her watch like TikTok and just like go rogue on YouTube shorts and stuff that come up on TV. But mm -hmm. like, you know, she, she does follow these, these people that her, her age have millions of, of, of followers. These like these kid bloggers, these family vloggers, things like that. And, I'm, and, and she's watching people make, you know, a living off of this. And, uh, and it's cool that, you know, if not being some sort of, you know, influencer or personality, the idea of taking a phone and just documenting something and injecting your personality into that and having that be a marketable skill is really interesting. Yeah. Well, a recent survey came out like one of the top careers that kids are reporting they want to be is a YouTuber or an influencer. Mm -hmm. And for some that sets off alarm bells, but they have obviously been influenced. Like, again, I'm not a parent. I could only imagine like all the tricks you have to have in your sleeves just to get through a day. But kids are given phones often early to to explore and hopefully with some some measurements in place. But even my niece, Maddie, she's playing YouTube. She's playing. She's like, hi, guys, today we're going to and like she's yep. just playing and my sister in law is recording her. And it's so adorable, but also like, holy cow, like that behavior. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Some of the best videos of all time of my kids have been uh, when they've been playing YouTube. My Again, my Ellie, my eight-year-old, she went through a period of like believing that there was an audience in the iPad, you know, like that they're like watching her live, you know, <laughs> and she would record this video and she would just, it was just like, you'd see the things that went on in her head, like when no one was around, like, like she was just like fully herself and she would like talk to her audience and talk about like things that were happening at school and things like that. And for one reason or another, she'd like show us, <laughs> you know, me and me and Laura. And, You're uh, her audience. And we'd say once in a while, we'll watch back these these videos and we're like, this is so hilarious. But yeah, she, she's a trip. But uh, so, OK, engaging students in the content creation process, you mentioned why that's important for you. And just so we can kind of bring some clarity to this, like. What does that look like? Like talk about maybe a campaign, like let's just say, you know, a school has like a brand ambassador program or something like that. Like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about like, you know, hiring them to, to create content? Are we talking about finding the influencers in that group? Like just paint a picture of what this campaign uh, could look like that, that we're talking about yeah. here today. I mean, we see a wide range of examples. I still see posts of someone saying, I finally got to hire my first student intern. So even just getting one student isn't easy and is something to celebrate. But we also see maybe institutions with more resources 
that have, like you said, uh, ambassador program or an entire YouTube channel that is just students vlogging or a TikTok channel that's completely, you know, like student run. So there's, you know, like kind of a spectrum. And I don't think there's like a one size model that fits. I would probably say it's heavily based upon what resources that you have and support for the concept. We still have a lot of executives that would be uncomfortable with giving students so much voice, especially if they are like CUNY that is completely student-run TikTok. Like, I don't think they get those approved. They just like post fully on their own. And sometimes they haven't gone great, (laughs) at least in like a professional's perspective. They're like, what are they doing? But they also, when they hit, they hit. So it is, change management comes up so much in social media and marketing that we are kind of changing the definition of what it means to market, what it means to involve students in decision-making and being actually the face. Like it might be better to put their faces on versus your president or, you know, like, your creepy mascot. <laughs> that's a that's a big <laughs> shift for people. Not yeah. all mascots are creepy, but so. No, of course not. But that's a thing. I feel like it's an epidemic with, with video production where, you know, so many clients that I've worked with, I mean, so much of it has been outside of higher ed, but they feel like it couldn't possibly be a video if they didn't have their CEO in it or their president or something like that. When it's like, they pay no attention to like what their audience actually cares about. It's just kind of like, it really becomes clear that the measurable for the marketing team is appeasing the president or appeasing the, yeah. the stroking the ego, you know, like, cause it's like, if he or she is not in it, then, well, what does that say about, you know, how this place is being run and <laughs> stuff like that. And so that's why it... I'm always beating that drum of like, pick people to be in the video or be in your marketing that are actually going to make a difference with you know, your audience and it might not be your college president. (laughs) But some are like their personality. They're just like coming off the screen and, and it really, it really depends. And every student, even if they have an interest in it, they may not be quite ready to be on screen yet. Like, again, that might be some, it's like skill sets that they they need for you to get the kind of content that you need. So there's so much educating and coaching up that we that we have to do, you know, to executives and and more. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And speaking of education and and coaching, you sent me a great list of just things that people listening to this might run into if they're wanting to embark on this this effort of engaging students in in content creation. So I thought we'd just kind of go through that. And just just riff on those. So the first one would be the fact that we only get this group of students for a short amount of time, maybe three years, sometimes only a few semesters. So tell me, just expand on that thought for me. Well, yeah, I mean, this is both the blessing and the curse of of a higher ed and working with students is that our ultimate goal is to get them out of here, right? <laughs> but and you may have you find you might find a student in their literal last year, and so you get them for a semester, maybe that full year, and so there is a unfortunate short cycle of you know, like you you almost already have to build in a plan 
to lose students. You want them to move on. You want them to get an internship at a company that they're going to get hired at right after school. Um, so again, it, it situates these positions a little bit differently that, of course, like we are going to come to rely on any students that we hire, but there is a nat, there's a natural reality here that there, I don't want to call it a revolving door because ideally you're able to retain students within a realistic period of time and provide progression along the way. But that will be one of the challenges that you face is that they will eventually in a shorter period of time move on. Yeah. And you mentioned students that you'd hire. And I, I'm curious because I've I've talked to many marketing directors that some have done a stipend, you know, for content creation. Some have had success getting them to do it for free. What are some of the dynamics in play? Like maybe talk to the person that's that's like, oh, we don't have like a position open for this, but like how how might they be able to start engaging students today on a free yeah. basis? Are there incentives that they can put into place or or what? So I find you get what you pay for. And so if a, if a student doesn't have a necessary, you know, like expectate, if you're just, for example, trying to naturally get user generated content, know that again, like you're going to be up against a few more challenges versus if you might have something more formally in place. The first thing, if you haven't looked into federal work study that your institution has funds that you might, there already might be earmarked funds for your department or division that wouldn't necessarily come out of like your marketing budget. And students are already like wanting those and applying for those. There's also some other position types, sometimes based upon institutions that they almost like a scholarship that they earmark for student worker position. So again, like explore all options, not to think like, oh, this automatically has to come from an operating dollar. The next would be to look into creating an internship with your career service office that again, at least you can formally set it up so then they could get some kind of credit and benefit. The last one would be to try to work with a faculty member within a course. So it maybe it could be project based, but ideally that you're paying these students, especially if it's like, you know, like a legitimate position, you're paying them minimum wage. And I realize with some states that, you know, that's increasing as it should. I do know there's some ambassador and influencer programs out there that are set up more like um, student involvement and leadership positions. But I would also say those probably have some street cred already. Like students know they're really cool things to be part. Like, so they have a reputation built up already. So just know if you're starting something really brand new that you might need some time to build that up. Yeah, I've definitely heard, you know, some folks talk about, you know, working with the existing marketing and communications department and like building a class around it or building, you know, a, yeah, like a, a, what do you call that? Like an independent study sort of program around uh, content creation and, and things like that. Have you seen, like, where do you find, because you mentioned in our pre-call, you mentioned like club presidents and these people that might have like a greater commitment than just going to someone walking up to a random student <laughs> walking across campus and say, hey, do you want to create content for us? What are some of those like where people can kind of look for some of those people that might have a more consistent presence 
you know, in their... Oh, like for recruitment's sake. Yeah. I think the some of the most successful marketing directors I've talked to that hire students, they hardly have to promote their positions. If anything, they are doing their own social listening and finding students who are already posting content on TikTok or, you know, like Instagram, um, they might be in other positions as well. That also is just nice for their own natural influence to be involved. I wish college athletes wouldn't be so busy and traveling all the time. I was one. I think that's why I'm always like, don't forget mm-hmm. about athletes, but because they also could bring in a lot of their own because they get so much training on branding you know, name, image, and likeness now, especially. But so, yeah, I would say do your own research first. I'm sure you'll get people to apply for the position if you, you know, are posting it through the student job board. But with knowing some of these are really specialized skills, you may want to already see what fish are already swimming in those platforms that you would want to feature. Yeah, definitely. Sue, who has already got a knack for it and and maybe already be in a rhythm. I've seen some really cool, like, student-generated stuff on uh in and what i think is cool is like it's it's kind of a a sidebar from their actual brand and they're using the college as sort of a platform or just like a topic or something like that i saw a fashion um blogger i think it was for a college in canada maybe um several months ago and and she did this whole day in the life of like her first her first day on campus I don't know if she was a freshman or it was just like one of the years she was a sophomore or junior or something like that. But like kind of her first day, like here and she went to all her classes and she's recording and her doing selfie videos and kind of doing a little um, narrative like uh, testimonial, you know, dialogue in between and, and stuff like that. And it was like 10, 10, 12 minutes long. Really interesting. And I watched that and I'm like, not only is this cool for from like anyone could watch this and be like okay this is what it's like to go to this school but the amount of like tiktok videos that you could cut out of that of like you know that that's that's always where my brain goes to is like how can we how could you repurpose Absolutely. (laughs) Um, yeah and it just like one video one to just have one student just say hey take a take your phone and just document your day give us the footage and it could be as it could be as simple as that. that And you could you could get so much extra content out of it. But the interesting angle was that she had every outfit that she was wearing. She had an affiliate link in the YouTube oh, wow. description and was like, if you want to buy any of these outfits, you know, click the link or whatever. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like if if you could figure out how to crack that code of like tap into what they're already what do they already want to promote, you know, <laughs> you know, and how can you kind of sidebar like sidecar or whatever the school the school in there as kind of like a a unique way of like reaching a new audience or or whatever and then i saw one this morning or yesterday that was like a she was like i want to say she was like a beauty blogger or something like that and somehow she just talked about she did this vlog of her talking in the camera as like a day in the life of her in college or whatever and she connected it to some beauty things that she was doing and i just thought that that was a really cool angle you know I mean, I think related to including students or, you know, even alumni into our content or their own content kind of goes back to that episode you listened to on influencer marketing. Like, I buy stuff from TikTok shop now. Like, adults, we do this. We find stuff on Instagram and then we're buying the Nike shoes or going to that concert. Mm -hmm. And 
college students do that too. And it works even better when it's like a peer, like someone you relate with or that like looks like you or you identify with in a in an authentic way. And, you know, maybe it's not the sell of like, you're going to click to buy to go here, like just with this one video. Right. But there's a million things we're trying to get students or alumni to do, whether if it's giving or to go to this event that... Sometimes the word influencer gets such a bad rap because some don't use that influence well. But again, that's where working with a student and training and teaching them and having strategy behind it, I think that's a big gap that I think we could tap even further into in higher ed. Yeah, absolutely. Quick break here to tell you about how you can scale up your student and alumni success stories without taking on a bunch of extra work to manage with our video storytelling subscriptions. Look, making even one video takes a lot of legwork. There's lots of steps to go through to hire a video vendor, hurt all the cats, and then you usually get one video out of that. But what if you could do a similar amount of work, uh, but this time get a year's worth of storytelling content that you can use across the board to highlight your various programs where pretty much all you had to do was find the stories and hand them off. And even that will help you with. Well, at Unveiled, our aim is to take the friction out of telling great stories. So whether you're a big school or a small liberal arts college, you can tell compelling stories all year round and fill your content calendar with video content. And we can get this done for you virtually anywhere in the world, certainly anywhere in the U.S., the way it works is we're going to batch shoot a year's worth of content and then every month drip out to you one new student or alumni story along with a whole package of additional video content. So you'll get the full length story, which is usually two to three minutes. You'll get a 30 second and a 15 second cut down of that story to use in various shorter contexts. And then you'll get eight topical videos. And those those topical videos are like while we have this student sitting here on camera, let's ask them whatever we want. We'll work with your school to come up with a list of questions that that touch on those things that you like to promote. So maybe it's scholarships or career development opportunities or on-campus housing or whatever it is. So that's the package of videos. You'll get that package every month, every single month. And not only can you take those polished videos that we deliver to you and crop them vertically and you know make great TikToks and Reels content, but you get to keep all the raw B-roll and interview footage that we shoot. Imagine the possibilities of 12 students or alumni following them around for half a day in classes, in labs, in whatever other visual contexts. And that's just an entire library of B-roll that you get to use forever and repurpose at no extra charge. It's all included in your subscription. So head over to unveiled.tv. That's U-N-V-E-I-L-D.tv and check out our work. You can find pricing information there as well. And if you'd like to chat further, you can book a call with me on the website there and I'd be happy to talk about how we might be able to support you and also answer any questions you may have. Uh, okay, back to the show. And getting back to kind of some of these hurdles that uh, that we were talking about. So for the people that are hiring, maybe someone, an intern or, or, or some sort of professional job, this may be the first office or professional job that they've they've had. So are there some additional challenges that come along with that in addition to like helping them create good content? Yeah. I mean, what does it mean to reply to an email when your CMO is also CC'd? Uh, I know I needed to get coaching of like, Josie, oh, yeah. stop using like a whole bunch of dots or, you know, like the word professional also has some negative connotations. And so 
like professionalization or just what it means to work in a different work culture. Again, those are skill sets we're trying to set them up for whatever they're going to next. So it's not even just like all about attire, but like some of it's technology, some of it's you have to give a lot more coaching maybe about timeliness or responding to communications. And again, that might be a sticker shock for somebody that's used to working with someone who has had a job before. Not to say that all students haven't had a job before, but like this might be their first quote unquote office-y kind of job. And so, yeah. I remember my first job, I still cringe at some of the dumb like blunders that I made of just not understanding the culture. You know, I worked for a Uh big nonprofit and I came in there as like, I was just very like into like social justice. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to like get this organization to care about this other thing too. And I like emailed the entire staff, including the CEO and was like, this thing is really important. And my boss had to talk to me about how, like, you don't just email the CEO. (laughs) And now I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? so empowered <laughs> yeah oh I just my went goodness in there, that, uh... you know guns blazing and i think i learned so so much in that job about you know corporate culture and how just the politics kind of work and stuff like that and i think that's such a good skill because like if you can learn it in college before you actually get on a real job that's the best place to learn it you know and so in addition to learning how to do your job of content creation there is so much soft skills of like yeah timeliness with emails what's a professional sounding email uh versus you know how do you write in an email versus a text and i'm sure that's not lost on people you know you're not typing like you are like the letter u the letter r to say you're you know in a professional email but like but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff I, I would imagine that there's there's expectations of time like timeliness. I think for sure is is one of those things, and you know, not just like letting something sit there until you kind of feel, you know they're waiting on a response from you and stuff like that. Well, and yeah. I feel like some of it goes back to the skills the supervisor needs to have in supervision period, but also specifically if you are supervising a college age student. And, and we've already talked about a few of those, you know, like realities. But that skill set is something that you'll want to evolve and work with. And most universities have like career offices, student employment offices that, you know, if you're looking for additional training, that might be a good spot for you. But also to think about how can you provide something even beyond the classroom for them? And, and it's going to be just in the way that you operate, but like, what to expect at your first pitch meeting. Like I know a lot of marketing Mm. directors that like they'll have their students come in to do a pitch. Like cool to do that in a classroom, but also to do that in real time that you're going to then see it the next week in the TikTok feed. Like that's such great like experience that these students are getting or like how do you create a storyboard? Maybe you're not in any of those majors or classes and you can actually realize this new skill that, you're actually maybe really good at and into. Yeah. So, yeah. You just reminded me too of when you said pitch meeting and just like kind of an educational resource. One of my favorite master classes, like, you know, that whole master class, like video series or whatever was there was one and I 
I'm blanking on the name of the agency that they come from, but they're the people that came up with the Got Milk campaign. Okay. And and so they talk all about the Got Milk campaign and like Super Bowl commercials and their whole ideation process. And as a content creator, it was like so valuable. And they do, they do a whole module on pitching your ideas and like, you know, don't go into a pitch meeting, like telling people how to feel like, oh, this is going to be really funny. You're, you know, you're going to you're going to love it and, and things like that. So even just, huh. you know, training materials that are <laughs> already out there are. are there you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Repurpose. <laughs> so cool. So, you know, then there's this issue of, you know, varying skill levels with content creation. How, how do you work with how do you suggest schools work with students that may have different video knowledges? Are you training them on the same video editing platforms or like how do you even the playing field a little bit? Yeah, well, I know this kind of goes against like the what we talked about earlier is like go out and find the students already creating the content. But even in that, just because they're doing that doesn't always apply immediately to your platforms and channels, right? Like how it means to create content for the campus brand is different than their own brand or platform or the processes that are maybe involved behind it. Again, I would really encourage you to think of this in a developmental way because I'm sure there's a lot of there might be students that are really excited, but they don't have a lot of skill sets. So how could you create a team model that allows for, and, th- and this model really worked for me because I would get them as freshmen uh, and in like entry level. So I had like street team or like marketing assistants. And so they're also like able to be part of a team, get excited, get experience. So by the time they're sophomores, they're, they're gaining experience and now they're maybe in more like supervisor levels and creating content. So again, keeping them over time because some of this stuff does take a little bit of time. But I would just say, A, don't assume, but it does also mean you've got to train students. A minimum at what your brand, you know, like what your brand is. Voice and tone is actually really difficult to train and some of that will need to be on the go. But to plan that the other commitment you're, I think need to give to students is that you're going to need to give them your time. So maybe that's check-ins every other week in person where you just ask them, how's it going? How are you? (laughs) Like not just about the content. And then there's also time for actually like one-on-one coaching. There's actually a student development theory called Sanford's Theory of Challenge and Support. And this can kind of go against Sometimes when we're so focused on deliverables and outcomes and metrics and marketing that especially to a student in this developmental period of their life, if we are only challenging them, they may shut down. They may, you Mm. actually may never see advancement that, and it's honestly one of the simplest theories out there of like, try to have some balance, right? Like, like the sandwich method, whatever you call it, like their, their growth is going to be substantial, but, um, have, have kind of that lens behind it. The sandwich method, the positive, negative, positive feedback. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Very familiar with that. (laughs) So one of the other things too, that you mentioned is that this is an opportunity for schools to really kind of carry through the values of their school, not just, not just in hiring someone to 
do some sort of acute meet some sort of acute need uh for content creation but really training them and really in, investing in them for the long haul so that when they leave they're they're able to function in, in the workplace and and go be better content creators talk talk about just that that need to be really investing in students you've mentioned it a little bit but yeah just give us a little more about that i guess it would just be the note that I would see bringing on a student intern is going to be more than just relieving your to-do list that, Mm -hmm. you know, like the mission of a university is to educate and to transform. And I know there's a zillion mission statements out there that probably say it a million different ways, but like you're part of that in marketing and this is just one slice of that it's not to just like get a whole bunch of deliverables from them so so to be invested in who they are as a person and as as well as what they're actually creating for you i guarantee it is going to pay off in a million ways if it's just for like a, a like a lifelong connection but i wouldn't be surprised if then they're giving back to the institution when they're an alumni or again like they're able to hire someone because now they're working at some agency because what i do find though is some students have some pretty negative experiences working in a position on campus because they're kind of discarded in a way of like we'll just do this dirty like, like a go get yeah. my coffee kind of thing. And not like literally go get my coffee, but like if you're going to hire a student, make it an impactful role. And again, not just for busy work, but to be invested in, in a holistic approach. And I think everyone's going to benefit if you can approach it that way. Yeah, absolutely. This nonprofit job that I was uh, working at, we had a business consultant come in and help us develop this program. And he was like, because we were in the midst of like thinking about hiring interns. He's like, you have to know that when you hire anyone, like you think that they're just going to come in and take work off your plate immediately. But there's such a dip like in onboarding that person. It's way more expensive and more time consuming and resource draining than you think for that person to actually get to the point where they're they're going to start taking stuff off your plate. So you have to like account for this, this major investment in, in really, really on-ramping that person. And then one of the other things you said, and we kind of touched on this a little bit was, you know, the need to teach students more than content strategy. So talk about like, we already mentioned soft skills, but, but you mentioned here, uh, time and wellness, what's involved in those things. Right. So, well, you've got your own platforms of like the emotional curve of like being on Instagram, but when you're running a brand account, and, and the social media managers listening are going to get this. Like, you see it all. You see the tags. You see the comments. If a student also is on your Instagram account and seeing that same thing, like, you need to develop some trust and discussion points of, you know, like, the content that we see might trigger us or the amount of work might impact our mental health and or just being a student is going to be quite the journey, right? And and to prioritize that you're checking in on the student if they are taking care of themselves. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if your student doesn't have their most basic needs met, that's probably a reason why they're not performing for you. So again, that kind of goes back to the holistic piece. But listen, I, I come from a family of content creators, I have seen firsthand what impact it has on your wellness to be creating content and having changes in platforms. And I mean, that's why we see so many YouTubers 
quit or like TikTokers yeah. go quiet. And I do think going back to th these roles might be the first that these students are having in a professional role that you are also kind of getting giving them the behind the scenes tools to be equipped, whether if that's administratively, but also holistically, emotional wellness, you know, spiritual wellness. And that might mean that you're sharing, well, this is what I do from, you know, I really try not to check email after this period of time, or I do these types of turning off notifications, or again, just being able to talk through with someone when a, a comment comes at a piece of content that a student worked so, so very hard on. Yeah. So, so those are a little bit of the soft skills, but specifically what doesn't get talked about a lot is the emotional toll that social media can give to those that are managing it. And especially if you've got a student that's so excited to make this into a career, they're going to have to start to navigate that right away. And so I would definitely prioritize that, that type of coaching. That emotional intelligence thing is huge, especially when you get that negative comment. It only takes one negative comment <laughs> to ruin your day. <laughs> I am the worst at that. I, if I get like a negative comment or just someone responds weird to, e to an email that I think is, you know, they're being snarky or whatever, I cannot stop thinking about it all day. Oh, and sure. I like to throw every psychological tool at, <laughs> at it that I can to just, okay, we're just going to let that thought sit there. We're not going to, we're not going to bring it down and fight with it and think about what I should could say or what I wish I'd said or whatever. Like, yeah. we're just going to let it float there. And then I'm just like, and then it's subconsciously, I'm just still thinking about it. I'm like mowing the lawn and I'm like, man, I can't believe they said that jerk. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, and related to a brand, and this may not ever fall onto a student's shoulders, but in crisis, in conflict, what are your brand standards and guidelines on replying to comments or what mm -hmm. are policies they need to know about? you know it's almost like critical thinking for social mm -hmm. media management it's again it's not just about creating content it's about some advanced decision making and, and considerations cool yeah it definitely well we're uh wrapping up here and i just you know super thank you for coming on this has been uh this has been a really good conversation i, I did want to touch on a couple other things so we didn't really get too much into your like doctoral journey or anything like that, but you have a dissertation on college students use of social media, developing digital student uh, leader. Is there some, some place where people can dig into that more? It is on the internet. It's on a platform called ProQuest. I'm going to be honest. I don't recommend reading it. It's 500 <laughs> pages. Oh. I have, <laughs> I mean, dissertations are like, it's a lot there. I'll send you a couple links for like some shorter journal articles. You could always read the last chapter too, but it's, it was a mixed methodology research project of college students yeah. and how they were really using social media in 2015. So it's super outdated already. <laughs> <laughs> At least run it through chat GPT or that's how I read. Like that's how oh, I read uh, like most like studies, like really academic studies. I'm like, all right, let's just skip to the conclusion here. <laughs> what, that what's is smart. Yeah. Please help me understand this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Narrow this down. Make this a one pager for me. So and then you got a book out. It's called uh, Digital Leadership in Higher Education, uh, Purposeful Social Media. Tell us a little bit about that book. How'd that come about? 
where where can people get it? Yeah, so you can buy it everywhere. I mean, not in Barnes and Nobles, but you know, like internet, Amazon, all those goodies. This was the result of my research on campus leaders and their use of social media. So a lot of case studies, a lot of frameworks for whether you want to be an executive or you are one about how you can show up and not just, you know, go viral and be on brand, but actually be authentic and resonate, especially for students. And so there's lots of like, that one is also pretty long, but there's like pictures and stuff. So that <laughs> Okay. That's good. <laughs> Cool. Well, awesome. And I do uh, suggest people listening to this, go check out Josie's podcast, Josie and the podcast. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I had like a little brain what was like, did I say the right thing? But the one on the the influencer marketing is a great like piggyback, I think, off this episode because it goes into okay. you go you go into a lot of like really kind of like how to engage you know, mega influencers, uh, how to build campaigns and, and, and come up with agreements with them and, and expectations and things like that. And nano influencers and all these levels of influencers that I thought was super interesting. So definitely go, uh, listen to that, subscribe to the podcast. And is there any, anywhere else where, uh, you know, people should look to find you at? I'm everywhere on the internet. I live in LA. If you're ever out here, let me know. I have a new program for college students. It's called the Student Social Media Academy. It kind of fills the need of like having students coming in and out a ton and you needing to train them. We kicked it off uh, last month. We've got about a hundred students from all over the country. It's a self-paced course and then we have Discord. So we are teaching the skill sets the core skill sets that students need to get going right away from from brand guides to content creation and analytics. So check that out. I'd love to have your students in there. Cool. Where can people check that out at? That's at my website, josiealquist.com and just search for Student Academy. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, Josie, this has been great. I super appreciate you uh, gracing us with your presence and, and uh, giving us your, <laughs> your insight into this topic. It's great having you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Three things I want to give you before you go. Number one, reminder to sign up for my free weekly newsletter all about creating content that resonates emotionally with your audience. And you can do that at unveiled.tv slash newsletter. Unveiled is spelled U-N-V-E-I-L-D. Number two, if you've enjoyed this episode, share it with someone. Share it with your team, your boss, your dog, whatever. And if you're not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, number three, reach out to me. If you have comments, questions, you want to talk about a video project, whatever, my email is john at unveiled.tv, john is spelled J-O-H-N, or follow me on LinkedIn. If you're searching for me, my last name is spelled A-Z-O-N-I. That's all for today, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode of the Higher Ed Storytelling University Podcast. Thanks. Thanks.